I respect mom and dad so much and to be up here and to speak how, how awesome that is. And I've been thinking, you know, when, when they leave, there's these leaving pains. And a person that's been on my mind, another person in my life I really respect is uh, Brother Isaac Livy. And dad's been talking a lot about him lately. And I think, Seth, how, how many kids? Do you have four children? Okay, he's got three daughters and the son. And I think when that man, he goes overseas and he, or he helps all those people. And when he is, those, those kids, they, they, they're home with mama, but they ain't home with daddy. And I think us here, we're, we're here, and we, we don't have Mother Goose here with us. And, you know, dad, daddy ain't been preaching no revivals yet, but today we, we do the Oasis stuff. And I got an email, and someone said, hey, I ran into you on the side of the road today. You witnessed to me. And he said, I want to let you know that I've been watching your videos. I've been ingesting the stuff you've been pouring out. I've been studying on your YouTube, and I just want to say it, it's making an impact on me. And how incredible is it, a pastor that's going somewhere, um, he don't have just a little McMinn County vision. Him and mom, they go somewhere, and they go to a church. They don't even step foot in the church. They go in around town, and they're winning people to the Lord. They're winning people to the gospel. So I just want to give honor where honor is due, and how incredible of, of pastors that is. We got some incredible people over us. So tonight, I want to start out, and I want to tell you a little bit of a disorder that me and my brother have. Well, I don't care how hot the oven is. I don't care how hot the grill is. Um, if the food looks really good and there's food on it that looks delicious, me or John are going to sneak around. We're going to snip a piece of that hot dog off the grill. We're going to reach in and grab a cookie out of that oven, and we're going to burn ourselves up. John's right there. Will you back me up on that? We have burned ourselves numerous times as children up until adulthood. I'm married. Jesse was frying okra, and I walked by, and I was like, oh, my goodness, and I grabbed one. And I was like, oh, oh, but it was so good. And I realized this has become a problem, John. We have a problem. We have a problem. Joy, if you'd go ahead and put that up. Uh, I, went, I was talking to a gentleman the other day, and I was telling him, I was like, you know, dessert ain't got nothing on me. Uh, no big deal. I like my cheeseburgers. I like my pizzas. That's my problems, my French fries. And I was telling him, dessert ain't got nothing on me. And I went home, and I told, told myself, I got to repent about this. I forgot about the Cinnabon. Now, when you look at the Cinnabon, that, that thing's powerful. I told Jesse, one of two things is going to happen tonight. We're really going to affect somebody or somebody going to go buy some Cinnabons. Um, I can't stress enough, enough how much I love these. So there, there was a young lady. She was selling some stuff for school, and Jesse bought some. And I was so excited about this. And I'm no Brother Matthew Wilson. I'm an inexperienced cook. I love to cook, but I'm inexperienced. So I got this, and I looked up the average steps in baking a box cake. You have between four and eight. Eight is on a complicated box cake. So I buy these Cinnabons. I'm super excited. This has been over a year ago, maybe two years. I don't really know. And I'm super excited about this. And I open it up, and there are 32 steps. So I, <laughs> Sister Jackie, she's laughing with me. So I'm looking at the picture, and I'm thinking, okay, okay, there's 32 steps. I'm used to four. This isn't a problem. We're going to take our time. We're going to get through this. So I go in, and I start making. I start working. I start the process. I'm working through the process. What well, should have took, in my idea of a box cake, you know, 25 minutes to put this bad boy in the oven, I was in the kitchen over an hour. I was sweating. I was nervous. I didn't understand words on the paper. I had my cell phone and my laptop. I was Googling. I was confused. No, this, this is sad. This is sad for me. So I come through this, and I throw them in, and I'm like, okay, okay, it's fine. It's fine. They're coming out of the oven here in a minute. I pull them out, and I told you about mine and John's disorder. It did not affect me that day. If you could have seen those bad boys on that pan, y'all would have been so sad. 
you'd have been looking at them and been like, what went wrong? They come out like rocks. They come out like gravel, and it was bad. So I took those out. I tried to bite into one. I ended up saving the frosting for something else, and that was the only thing that came of use of that meal. Tuesday night, last Tuesday night, uh, was it last Tuesday night Dad preached the 13 sermons in one? What an incredible thing. While I was up here praying in the altar, and I felt God speak this to me, and I started thinking about these Cinnabons. And Brother BJ, you come up here and you, test, you talked, and I had so much compassion for you. Uh, everybody be praying for BJ tonight. But don't doubt in the process what God told you in the promise. You know, we, we can make some mistakes, and we can stray, and we can get away. But if we stick to the plan, we're going to wind up with the Cinnabon. It's on the cover. It's on the box. If we stick to what we're told, we're going to do this. So I want to get in here, and I'm going to talk to you some, some things, all of us in here. Look at your neighbor and tell we're in a process. We're in a process. Some of us, we're just seeking to be more, be more Christ-like. Really, about all of us are seeking to be more Christ-like. We're seeking to reach lost souls. We're seeking to help in the church. We're seeking to find the call in our life. But in the end, everybody is in a process. So one of the issues with the process, look over your neighbor and say, don't doubt the process. Genesis chapter 12 and verse 2. And I will make thee a great nation, and I will bless thee. God, he's come up to Abraham, and he's told him this. He's gave him his process. So Abraham, he's sitting here, and what's he going to do with this process? We're going to go down. There's 25 years between his promise and Isaac being born. There's 25 years for doubt to set in. There's 25 years for him to feel forgotten. There's 25 years for his mind to wander. Instead of waiting 25 years, what does Abraham do? i tell you what he does. He makes a mess. We're going to go down to Genesis chapter 16, verses 2 through 4. And Sarah said unto Abraham, Behold now, the Lord hath restrained me from bearing. I pray thee, go into my maid. It may be that I may obtain children by her. And Abraham hearkened to the voice of Sarah. And uh, Sarah, Abraham's wife, took Hagar, her handmaid, the Egyptian, after Abraham and uh, dwelt in and dwelt twenty years in the land, and gave her husband Abraham to be his wife. And he went unto Hagar, and she conceived. And when she saw that she had conceived, her her mistress was despised in her eyes. So he got this promise, and eleven years into into the process, he gave up on God's promise. Eleven years, almost halfway, he decides he's going to take it into his own hands. Now look at your other neighbor and say, "Don't doubt the process." So right now pastor, anybody, they can go and we can go hours and hours and hours and we can talk about all the great things that come from Isaac. Now, I I wear out the descendants of Isaac and game changers. There's some of the amazing people. We can talk about Jacob. We got Joseph. We got David. We can go into Jesus. We can talk about this great nation that came from Isaac. So we can talk about the promise and we can go there. But let's talk about the mess for a second. I didn't know this, and I'm not going to preach this as fact. I just did a little research and I found this. Muslims teach and believe out of Ishmael came Muhammad. They teach and believe if there was no Ishmael, there would have been no Muhammad. If there was no Ishmael, there would have been no religion. If there was no Ishmael, there would have been no ISIS. If there was no Ishmael, there would have been no great wars on Israel. And you think of that. You think of his mistake thousands of years ago has created a mess that they're fighting today. And, and if nothing can stir you up more, say, God, don't let me doubt the process. Let me follow through to the end. If God can give you a promise and you can complete the process, then he plans on seeing the end through. 
So then, my next step I want to talk about is creating your own process. How many of us have we looked at the end and we say, we want that, we want the Cinnabon, but I want to find my own way to get there. I want to find my own way. 1 Samuel chapter 15. I'm going to talk about Samuel and Saul. Uh, Samuel uh, also said unto Saul, The Lord sent me to anoint thee to be king over his people, over Israel. Now therefore hearken thou unto the voice of the words of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, I remember that which Amalek did to Israel. Now he laid wait for him in the way when he came up from Egypt. Now go and smite Amalek and utterly destroy all they have and spare them not but slay both man and women, infant and suckling, ox and sheep, camel and ass. Now we're going to skip down to verse 8. And he took Agag, the king of the Amalekites, and alive, and utterly destroyed all the people with the edge of the sword. Both Saul and the people spared Agag. They spared him. Now keep up here. And the best of the sheep, and of the oxen, and of the fatlings, of the lambs, and all that was good, and would not utterly destroy them. But everything that was vile and refused that they destroyed utterly. Now we're going to skip down again to verse 13. And Samuel said to Saul, and Saul said unto him, Blessed be thou, the Lord. I have performed the commandment of the Lord. Now this, I, I can be guilty sometimes of being petty. And I, I love what Samuel says. And Samuel said, What meaneth with this bleeding of the sheep in mine ears and the lowing of the oxen which I hear? I can just see Samuel. You know, he's standing there. Saul's, Saul's being all cocky. He's like, Look, I've done it. I've done the great thing. And Samuel's here is like, I hear sheep. You left the sheep alive. And he said, I hear oxen. You left the oxen alive. You have deliberately disobeyed. So we're going to skip down again to verse 22. And Samuel said, Hath the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifice as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice and to hearken that the fat of the rams. Now, I'm talking about how many times have we disobeyed? I ain't just preaching to you guys. I'm honest. I'm preaching to me tonight. But how many times, whether it's living in sin, whether we're trying to avoid our call, whether we're running from God, we're just living in some sort of disobedience. And we think, because we're in this disobedience, it's okay. I can make up it in sacrifice. I can make up it in volunteering. I can make up it in helping my neighbor. I can make up it in donations. I can make up it in this, 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 or this. But I want to go back to 1 Samuel chapter 15 and verse 22. Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice. We've we got to realize this process is laid out. Whether we like step three or whether we hate step six, we have to do them all. We have to go through this step by step by step to get the end. And I want to move on to the next one. And I, I use this guy in about every time I talk, um, quitting the process. Look over your neighbor and say, don't quit the process. First Jonah chapter 1. Now the word of the Lord came unto Jonah, the son of the Amittite, and saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry against it, for their wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah rose up to flee unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord, and went down to Joppa, and he found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare, therefore, and went down into it to go with him unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. Now the two things here I want to point out. Number one, arise and go to Nineveh, uh, and he immediately runs. We've talked a lot in Sundays when we talked about Moses. When God tells Moses something, Moses starts throwing out excuses. And he starts arguing with God. God tells Jonah something. There's no argument. There's no pause. He gets up and he runs. And I, I'm going to tell you right now, I've been guilty of that before. The number two thing I want to talk about, 
um, when finding a ship to go to Tarshish, he had to pay a fare. And, you know, we all think, you know, Jonah, when he got swallowed by the whale, he had a payment. You know, we, all, we, all, we talk about drugs, we talk about alcohol, and the wages of sin is death. But the thing that surprised me about Jonah, he, he had more than just the whale to pay. Soon as he started his disobedience, there was fares. Every step of Jonah's way, he had payment to pay. So my, my, la- my last one I want to talk about, and then we're going to have an altar call. But being available during the process. Look over to your neighbor, neighbor and say, are you available during this process? Probably my, my, one of my favorite people other than Jesus to talk about in the Bible was Joseph. And we all know about Joseph. I can't tell you guys no new story here. I ain't got nothing to add to this. But Joseph went from pit to palace. At the age of 17, Joseph receives his promise. And we know what God had planned for him, and he knows his outcome. At age 17, he ain't got to worry about no call. He ain't got to worry about no outcome. He knows this is what I'm supposed to be. But see, he could have just sat dormant all those years. He could have sat and waited all those years. But the thing that's wonderful about Joseph is that each step of the way he was willing to be used. Each step of the way he wouldn't woe is me. Each step of the way he wouldn't complain. And each step of the way Joseph says, here I am, use me. And I, I want to tell you all just a real quick story. Something happened to me. And this happened about two years ago. Um, everybody knows Brother David, and he does the Christmas parade. Well, I was helping with him, and it was over. And the next week, I was telling him, I was like, hey, I saw some selling some lights at Lowe's. And he asked me if he's like, well, I'll go by and pick up some. I was like, you don't worry about it. I've got you. I'll go pick them up tomorrow. And I made him a promise. So the next day, me and Jesse went to town. Sheer negligence, I forgot. So I get home, and this is weighing on me, and I'm thinking about this, and I'm like, oh, my goodness, I forgot this. So I have all these lists of things to do at work, so I'm running through this. I'm getting stuff done as fast as I can. I work overtime. I go to Lowe's just a little bit before it closes. And I go to Lowe's, and I see it, and and I'm like, okay, I know where the lights are. I'm going to park on this side. So I park on the side of the lights. Something's wrong with the doors. The doors won't open. So if, if anyone knows me, my number one struggle is patience. So I have to walk to the other door. I'm like, okay, no big deal. So I walk to the other door. Soon as I come inside, it, it come the hardest rain I believe I've ever heard in a metal building. So I'm like, okay, I have to walk two miles to the car. It's pouring rain. Let's just do this. So I go to the lights. I get the lights, go to the cash register. It comes up to me, and the cash register closes. So I was like, okay, I'll go to the other side of the store to pay. So I go to the opposite side of the store where I just came from. So I go there. I'm standing in line, and this whole time I'm wearing my MDT shirt, and I'm not thinking a thing about it. So I'm standing here, and a, a lady t- starts talking to me, and she's like, oh, with MDT, and I've watched Pastor on TV, and I was like, that's awesome. You know, we're just having small talk. And then she starts crying. If anybody knows me, I'm, I'm, I'm not the best at praying with people, and I, I'm trying to learn outreach. So I'm here, and I'm in my mess, and I'm in my attitude, and I'm in my problem, and I didn't realize God wants to use me in this process. So then I start talking to her, and I'm like, what's going on? And she's like, my son, she's like, he, he backslid. He got away from church, and she said now he's, he's signed up for college, and, he, and he's got this young lady pregnant. He's quitting college. He's having to go straight to full-time work. And she said, it's just it's all this stuff going on. And she's like, I'm furious at him. I just want to throw him away, and I'm angry. And she's like, I bet if he was at your church, y'all would throw him away. And, and I backed up, and I let her talk for a minute. And, she, and then I was like, no, we wouldn't do that, and we talked. She's like, well, how, how do you handle things like this? What do you do? 
And I was like, man, first, I can't take away from the mistake. The mistake's bad. The mistake's an issue, and the mistake's a problem. But I said, in the end, he's still a soul. And I said, if God was looking at him, God would want to reach for him just like he reached for Micah when Micah was a soul that made mistakes. So then she's like, you really think so? And I was like, no, your son ain't gone too far, man. So in there, we got to talk and we got to pray. And I got to tell her a little bit about how Jesus cares. And she, was, she must have just been used to a damage in Jesus and a damage in gospel. And I got to tell her about a Jesus that looks at people in mistakes and looks at people in messes and cares for them. So I got to reach out for her and we prayed. And I want to tell you, sometimes we get so caught up in our lives that we forget that we're in a process just like everybody around us. I get so caught up in my process, I forget about Jesse's process. I get so caught up in my process, I forget about Mr. Cross's over here process. Look over to your neighbor and say, you're in a process. Look over at your other neighbor and say, but I'm in a process too. We, we have to reach the mindset and we have to reach this level to when we're out in town, it's not just us out in town, it's an opportunity. It's not just me in here. It's an opportunity. This is a soul that God loves just as much as he loves me. This person ain't no more important. I ain't no more important to God than that person is. So if anything tonight, I, I want to tell you, don't doubt in your process what God told you in the promise. But also, <laughs> I bring everything back to outreach. Don't, don't get so caught up in your process you forget to reach for others. Don't forget about souls. Uh, Lisa, she, if you would, if you start playing us a little something... And everybody, let's take a moment and let's come up here and let's seek God. Some of us, we may be past the hard parts of our process. We may be past step 12. We may be past step 14. Some of us may be here and we may be stuck on step three, one of the hardest steps of all. And let's just all come up here with a mindset that we're all on different levels and we're all seeking for the same thing. And let's reach out for one another and let's seek to strive and get closer to God in this process. The more I seek you, the more I find you. The more. 